It's cliche, but it's true. If data is the new oil, then data centers are the new oil rigs. Lucrative, yes, but not without substantial environmental detriment. In this edition of Spotlight, we'll sit down with Jennifer Gandon of CIM Group, along with co-founder of Quinbrook, David Skaysbrook, to explore the rising popularity of data centers and the challenges and solutions associated with turning them green. I'm Isabel O'Brien with Infrastructure Investor. According to the International Energy Agency, data centers accounted for nearly one and a quarter percent of global electricity demand in 2020, which translates to an annual consumption of roughly 260 to 340 terawatt hours by data transmission networks alone. And while energy usage efficiency for data centers has been continuously improving, there is still cause for concern that the sector's consumption could increase since global internet traffic is set to double between 2020 and 2023. And as usage increases, money from private markets continues to flow. At the onset of the pandemic, KKR invested over a billion dollars in Europe-based global technical realty. And in January, Capital Capital was able to close its second dedicated data center fund at 1.1 billion. And in February of this year, CIM Group announced the formation of a joint venture with data center operator CoLogix. Our partnership with CoLogix, that is located in our investment in Markham, Ontario, just several miles away from the main interconnection hub in Toronto. It was an opportunity where we pre-owned a data center and we entered into a partnership with CoLogix, who agreed with us that this was a fabulous location. And so we developed a partnership to co-develop the campus together. That's Jennifer Gandon. I'm a principal at CIM Group. CIM Group is a $30 billion real asset manager. We have three strategies, which are real estate equity, real estate credit, and infrastructure. Gandon heads up CIM's Infrastructure Investing Group, which is active in the data center space. CIM has a digital infrastructure strategy within our infrastructure strategy, and we have invested in a number of digital infrastructure investments. Uh, we have two primary strategies. One is what we call the edge strategy. So focused on data centers, which are located in urban areas. And as well, we also have a strategy that's focused on high service and slightly lower cost than edge locations in the Mountain West. CIM's project that's being launched with CoLogix will be located just outside of Toronto, making it part of its primary edge strategy. By investing in these edge locations, we can offer product to the customers that are exceptionally good for latency sensitive applications. This particular location has a dark fiber link directly to the interconnection hub in downtown Toronto, and as a result is a particularly attractive location. When it comes to data centers, location is indeed everything, and not just regarding which types of applications they're best able to handle. We're really trying to find the technologies that can generate carbon-free power every one of those 24 hours of every day that a data centers are operating. That's a big challenge these days. In certain places, and this is why it's so locationally specific, you have strong wind resource, you have strong solar resource. That's David Skaysbrook. I'm the uh, co-founder and managing partner of Quinbrook Infrastructure Partners. We're a specialist investor in renewables, grid support infrastructure and battery storage and we invest primarily in the United Kingdom, the US, and Australia. Quinbrook's specialized approach to data centers does indeed go back to the bare bones of data centers' real estate roots. 
Location, location, location. And so where we provide our role is to really be the provider of a solution to a data center operator that, you know, we have site that accommodates your needs for new capacity as a data center operator. The specialization process is being overseen by John Lucas, who Quinnbrook hired in February to oversee their data service operations across the firm's three geographies, Australia, the UK, and the US. John's appointment just recently, where he was the head of uh, renewables procurement for Amazon Web Services in the US, really evidences the increased specialization that Quinbrook is embarking upon in looking at areas of industry that are needing to shift to renewable energy as part of their net zero power plans and also as part of their forward procurement needs to power energy intensive industry. In the case of data centers, reasonably intuitive for us, given that some of the projects that we've already been doing in the United States, such as our Gemini project, we're powering very large scale data centers with hyperscale operators in areas of the United States where renewable energy is compellingly cheap and also abundant. Quinbrook, like many other infra investors, is placing capital and confidence behind the data center boom. But for Skaysbrook, the future lies in a specific subsection of the sector. Data centers corporately are already the largest buyers of renewable power on the planet and certainly the largest segment of buyer in the United States. Amazon itself is the single largest buyer and I think last year bought more renewable energy than any other corporate on the planet by a considerable margin. The customers don't ultimately care how much wind or solar you have in the makeup of your particular solution. What they want it to be is they want it to be carbon free they want it to be as close to 24-7 as possible. So what that's producing is they are favouring multi-technology operators like Quinbrook that play across the whole technology landscape, whether it be hydro, biomass, landfill gas, solar, wind, storage. We play across all of that. And so you need a all-of-the-above approach. So that's favoring multi-technology players over sort of one-trick pony developers that do only solar or only wind. They're going to struggle. And then the second thing is you need to match the what we call shape to the customer's actual load profile, and it needs to be price competitive. So you need to do all of that. And that effectively is where the additional complexity comes in. So we're doing all of that to meet the market demand that's driven by the customer that's just reading the play and where the market is going and we're taking our strategy to that same place. Gandon too has seen a need on the consumer end for data solutions with lower emissions, but this hasn't necessarily meant focusing solely on renewables. Look, I, I think all of us are, are under pressure to come up with a better solution. I don't think there is any future without digitization in, in any of our economies. And so we have to come up with better solutions to using energy more efficiently, to using the right kinds of energy, and also, as I said, in certain locations, to be using water efficiently. You know, this isn't just a, a matter of being a good corporate citizen. You know, this is also about thinking about the viability of our businesses long term and as a matter of risk management, right? Because if our data centers rely on fossil fuel generated electricity or water that might not be there, we don't have a future if those resources go away. 
And it is worth noting that this project that CIM is currently building with CoLogix is not a quote-unquote green data center. Our approach to data centers really focuses on energy efficiency. So in all of the purpose-built data centers that we're building, we're very focused on using the most energy efficient applications that we can. I mean, data centers have gotten a bad rap for being energy hogs. And in some of the locations where we are investing or where our assets are located, we can offer green sources of power to our tenants who care a lot about the sources of power. And then in other locations, we have been able to introduce and this is specifically through our partnership with Nova, we've been able to introduce a patented waterless cooling system. And so in certain geographies, particularly in, in the Western United States, where we're going through a mega drought, you know, there's a real focus on sustainability and being very efficient and sustainable about our limited water use. So, you know, depending on the location, we can offer, well, in all instances, we want to offer an energy efficient solution, but in certain locations, we also can offer a green source of power and a waterless cooling option for our tenants. When asked if there are any other green energy solutions for data centers that he finds particularly exciting, Skaysbrook said this. Well, it's still all very much a work in progress. I mean, our core conviction is around solar teamed with battery storage. That's really, if you like, the bedrock of the strategy where we've established an industry leadership position, particularly in the US. Other technologies that will need to be, if you like, developed alongside solar and storage really depends very much on location. So they can vary. Wind energy, obviously, depending on where the particular site is located, can be farmed into an offtake arrangement that we're structuring, or we can develop a wind project ourselves, particularly for the off-peak periods. But the key to success, according to Skaysbrook, is not a one-size-fits-all. There's no one silver bullet solution, if you like, other than solar and storage, which is certainly popular in high solar radiation states of the US, like California and Arizona and Texas, et cetera. Certain locations might be a geothermal resource. There may be some other that is biomass, let's say, or even green fuels that tend to be more expensive than than what is economic. The holy grail of where the industry is all seeking to move to, not just data centres, but really green industry, generally green steel manufacturing, green agriculture, green hydrogen, it by definition needs to be powered almost exclusively with carbon-free renewables. So we haven't arrived at the place where technology really delivers those solutions cost-effectively yet. Longer duration storage is certainly one of the areas that is the more prospective and hoped for. And there are a lot of candidate technologies in that that are emerging very quickly and show great prospect for being both cost-effective and certainly taking us beyond the kind of barrier that we have at the moment, which is about four hours of economic storage. And which technologies look the most promising? It's a combination of green fuels for backup generation that we're working hard away on, some longer duration battery storage options that are looking, you know, highly prospective. And in certain locations, it's a combination of wind and hydro and our solar and storage solutions that get us not that far off but again, very locationally specific. Again, 
some people claiming to have silver bullet solutions to that problem. Nothing that we've looked at comes even close to it. So we're quite skeptical in that regard. But I'd say we're probably spending as much time as anybody, you know, looking at those solutions and potential solutions right now. So, you know, we're spending a lot of time on what's proven and can be done today, uh, which is solar and storage, as I mentioned, and then with an eye to the future. So I think you'll see, you know, in the next 12 to 24 months, some examples of the other things that Quinbrook is up to that sort of take us incrementally, maybe one step further. But for data center operators that find themselves limited in location, such as CIM's dedication to urban data centers, roadblocks emerge, as Jennifer Gandon notes. Yeah, so, you know, some of what you can do what, as an owner-operator, what they can do, what we can do, is limited by the grid in which we operate. And so when we're connected to grid systems that still have a lot of coal, it's very hard not to use that grid. If you're operating in environments that are committed to decarbonization, it's much easier to operate a data center without emitting greenhouse gases. How then can urban data centers overcome their less than ideal location? New generation sources that are replacing fossil fuel generated sources are great for our digital platform and are great for our economy and our earth. So uh, we're certainly supportive of that. You know, I think in, in the urban context, what I was talking about in terms of the delivery of power is really, usually there's either a, a municipal utility or a investor owned utility who's the one who's delivering power to a particular site. And whether it's at the federal level, the state level, or the local level, all government support to enable our power companies to deliver power to our sites will enable more data centers to be built in edge locations. Large population centers will need data processing capacities. So lucky for us, renewable investments are on the uptick, both in the private and public sector. The only question that remains is, will data centers be first in line for those energy procurement contracts? We'll have to wait and see. If you want to learn more about green data centers, be sure to check out our deep dive in this upcoming May issue of Infrastructure Investor. And if you want to hear more episodes of Spotlight, you can check us out wherever you listen to podcasts or at PEI's various titles online. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review. For Infrastructure Investor, I'm Isabel O'Brien, Thanks for listening.